Sid, my guy, what's up? What's up, bro? Not much, man. I uh, I got plenty of questions for you, but I'm excited <laughs> to do this. You know, I we've we've talked in the the Slack chat a little bit, and I did not get your sarcasm, so I'm happy to be talking to you <laughs> live. You know, instead of over text, it's nice. Yeah, no, I forgot I even said that. Uh, what was that about? Uh, vaccination rates and shots yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. It's good to be here. So. I, would you mind introducing yourself? Like, I know you, you went to Kentucky, you're new to Nick's lead. Right, right. Yeah, my name is Sid. Sid the kid to some, Sid to all, Sidon to my mama, since that's my full name. Yeah, I went to Kentucky. Uh, now I write about the Knicks. I do some stuff in education and, you know, it was bing bong, baby. Well, not bing bong, baby tonight. You know, the, the rating was, uh, like a I said, it was, it, was, it was a bit. Yeah, it was it was bit tonight. It wasn't Bing Bong, but you know, we're now, getting we're getting there. Do Do you mind diving into that your your Bing Bong rating? Because I think what you said was out of one through Bing Bong tonight was a bit. So yeah, it was definitely a bit tonight. Um, we we saw some good stuff from the Knicks, but we also saw a lot of bad stuff from the Knicks. You know, the bad being Bing Tips. Like you know, after a while, you can only blame players so much when when the coach is putting them in a position to fail i last i checked the Knicks starting five is the worst rated defensive five in the league and Tibbs just keeps playing them he played 10 to 12 minutes of that third quarter of them playing and uh it's ugly it's it's real ugly basketball but you know the the bright side of the scale was obi top and emmanuel quickly alec burks when when he was doing his thing we, we have a nice little debate on Twitter every so often, a hooper versus a ball player. And uh, Alec Burks is definitely a hooper. He's not a ball player. Yes. Yes, he's, I can definitely agree with that. Yeah, he's a hooper. You know, he's a – oh, my gosh, Chet Holgram. That was a great move. Sorry, I'm watching uh, <laughs> I'm watching the Gonzaga-UCL game too. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, but um, – yeah, no. Uh, Alec Burks being uh, being a hooper, not a not a ball player. He, you know, he, he's going to dazzle you. He's going to razzle dazzle. He's going to get to the rim. He's going to do up and under. He's going to do everything necessary to to make that bucket look good. But I think if we dive into the stats a little bit, it, it looks a little looks a little sus, you know. So, <laughs> you know, like I said, tonight on a scale of one to Bing Bong, I think I'm at a bit tonight. Like I'm glad we got the win. I'm glad the Lakers the Lakers took their loss. It's always nice to see Russ go off for a triple double, but you know it's it, it's bad tonight. It's not it's not a Bing Bong. So would like a big blowout win be like Bing Bong? Like is that? <laughs> That's a good question. So I, I I don't think a blowout win is a is a is a Bing Bong for real. You know, mm. I I think that a Bing Bong for real would be like uh I I think one Bing Bong game we had this year was against Chicago, the first game. Yes, like, that was that, a bing that was bong a bing game. bong baby. Yes. Like, that, was, uh, that was in front of MSG talking your shit. Bing bong. Uh, I said the know? Bulls were gonna be trash before the season started, so I was like, I did not ecstatic. No, I did not. I I I I love me some Chicago, man. That's one of my favorite places in the world, and that's one of my favorite places just to be. Like and, and I, then the team, I like Lonzo, I like Damar, I like Zach. Nah, man, I'm, I'm all in. I, lo- I love Chicago, but I don't love the Bulls. Ah, uh, yeah. We did get a question in the comments. Who Derek, who is now joining. Derek is part of Sixers lead. You know, shout out to the lead. Everyone yeah. in this room right now is part of the lead, actually, which is funny. Yeah. Shout out the game, man. Shout out the game. Yeah. Derek said, I keep taking the starting spot. Well, he should. He should. 
Sid Ooh. also touched on, um, you know, Tibbs needs to do something. Well, yeah. Tibbs is insane. And I say that because yeah. the of, of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting yeah. different results, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Tibbs is doing exactly that. Now, people think, oh, well, he'll change his lineup. No, 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 no. I watched Alfred Payton start for 77 games last year. So trust me And when we I watched you. Alfred Payton be useless in the in the playoffs. Yeah, right. we did. So I really don't see Tibbs changing things unless it, it, it reaches the same levels as it did with Alfred last year, where I think Tibbs started darting Derrick Rose come playoff time. He was like, yeah, Alfred project is done. I, I think this situation is a, is a little different, though. I, I think there are some questions about Kimba Walker that need to be answered before before you know, we, we really go like take a deep dive into this. Kimball Walker, outside of charges, doesn't really offer much defensively. He was leading the league at, I think, 55 56% for a little bit um, from three-point three land, but that's, that slowed down immensely. And it gets to a point where, you know, if we're going to be in these close games, if we're not going to do anything about the third quarter, like, y- you got to do something, you know? But it's like, what are we going to do? Like, start Alec Burks in place of Evan Fournier? You know oh what I mean? gosh, no! I I think we start. I, I think the answer is, is to start quickly. Um, oh, since since we're getting into some some numbers now, I love my my basketball numbers. Right now, IQ is averaging twelve point shooting, forty six percent over his last nine games. He had twelve points in the third or in the fourth quarter tonight, and put up a fourteen piece and went four for eight from three. And also, I think he might be the best defensive guard on the Knicks, who's not named RJ Barry. You're talking quickly, right? Yeah, Emmanuel quickly. Yeah, yeah, Immaculate yeah. IQ so, as, uh, as well. I don't have any call stats him. to back this up, but like what I see when I watch the Knicks is quickly as an off-ball defender is insanely active, like passing lanes, helping, right. uh, especially down low. He loves to like little drop-off passes that guards try to give to bigs. He's always on those. Mm-hmm. And Kemba is not. Kemba watches the ball and gets beat on backdoor cuts, a lot of defensive lapses. Yep. So IQ is extremely engaged on the defensive end, and Kemba isn't engaged whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So I, I I just explained. I don't really need to explain it further. You know? Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. I, I I think that that kind of sums it up. I, I think w- I think what we're looking at really is you know a defensive effort coming coming from the Knicks, and it, it gets to a point where you have to ask questions. Is Tibbs' message not being heard the right way, or is Tib or is Tibbs' message just like, okay, we had the one good season, we're done listening to that message. Now we're we're looking at, uh, now we're looking at, well, we're too good for this. And I I I've said this once, and I and I've said it before. I I, I just don't think Tibbs is the long term guy for the Knicks. I I think he's a culture setter. I think he's the guy who who lets you know what change oh. you need to make. He he lets you know. Actually, he's a white Mark Jackson. That, that's what that to me. He's a white Mark Jackson. Jackson. Minus the religious shaming oh. thing, allegedly. You have lost allegedly. me. I'm I'm a big Tibbs guy. I think we're, he's the future, man. This is his franchise. He's he's gonna take us to the promised land, to a championship. <sighs> but this so, is good. This is good that we disagree. Podcast. No, no, no. Of course, of course. I've seen it before. You know, I've seen Chicago. I've seen I've seen Minnesota. I. I don't think Tibbs is it. I think I don't know who is it. It might be Kenny Payne. It's not Luke Walton. It's not any other old player that used to 
play basketball. I'm pulling up some Evan Fournier defensive stats. They're not looking good, but I'm about to compare him to IQ. Ooh, yes. Look into the numbers, please, oh, please. Sid, your name on Twitter, Sid Slide Park. Yes. Is that a Mac Miller reference? Of course it is. Oh, my. I just like you more and more. Yeah, dude, Mac is, I mean, you know, we're we're Knicks fans. No two Knicks fans are going to agree about anything Which ever. A beautiful part. Well, I shouldn't say that. I've gotten into some really stupid arguments. I was going to say it's a beautiful part of it, but it's not. When you Trust have me, bro. A, a fan base as large as the Knicks, you're going to have a lot of idiots. So I'm, I, I like yeah. to call myself a rational or realistic Knicks fan. There, I'm actually a part of a group. You know how there's like groups on Twitter you can be added to and you can like go to that specific group to like see all the tweets from the people within that group. Oh yeah. Like a li- I think they're lists, Twitter lists. Yeah. I'm I'm uh, on rational Nick's Twitter. Twitter. Ooh. List. Yeah. Ooh, you got to add move, moving on up, moving on up in the world. I know you commentated the game, bro. What were your thoughts? Oh, by the way, everyone, Bryce color commentates on Colorcast. So, get on Colorcast and listen to him commentate. Appreciate appreciate that. Appreciate that. But um but yeah, no, so um what I thought about the game, um Knicks got after it, got got out and got after it real quick. Thing I'm trying to remember the events of the game. Um I know Julius Randle looked good. Look he played well. He, he got a lot of rebounds quick. He was on triple double watch for, for He was good. on triple double watch, yeah. He didn't really get the assists. I mean yeah, I wanna say he only had like four assists, maybe five. Yeah. Yeah. He was Joey, he, he got a he got a double double in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they got off to a quick lead. Evan Fournier was shooting good tonight. First time in forever. Man, Emmanuel quickly was shooting good tonight. Yo, quickly's afro. I like it. I like it. I like it. It's a it's a cool little. I was home. like, did McBride dye his hair back from black? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh shit, that's quick. Yeah. yeah no. Someone on my timeline called him uh, C- Curly Q, but it was like C U R L I Q. I was like, oh, that's, oh, that's cool. good. I like that. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, definitely a good win for the Knicks, especially since they led wire to wire. I know in the third quarter, third quarter was kind of kind of shaky for the Knicks, um, being that the just the way the Lakers came out in that third quarter coming out, out after halftime, they really, really did good defensively. Uh, DeAndre Jordan. Playing, playing differently than he played in Brooklyn. I mean, that's not too difficult. He, <laughs> he's uh, not much of a player out in Brooklyn. He was, uh, he, he, he was there to collect a check. Sid, oh I yeah, love, for real, for real. Said I love, love, love that thing you put in the chat. The, the Knicks have been horrible in the third quarter, and I, I just don't know why. Um, I, I can tell so, you why, man. Like I said earlier, worst rated defensive five in the NBA the Knicks starting lineup and it's fine you but, can work around it but ugh, I don't know man is Tom Thibodeau an idiot like or because I, I mean, think and also covered. we have a better record right now than we did last year through the same amount of games do only we only by two no. two wins but like it's <clears throat> okay I was gonna say can I comment on that the reason why the Knicks have that uh two game lead over last season please the offensive it's the offensive potency I mean, you guys, I say you guys, the Knicks have sacrificed defense immensely. And while we do have grievances with Tibbs, that offensive potency is making the difference. Kemba is not the same guy he was in years past. The arthritis caught up to him. 
But that insurance policy of quickly Kemba and D Rose on top of Randall and Fournier streaky shooting is enough to get regular season wins. I mean, that's, that's the math defense can win championships. Offense gets you the there was, regular season. There was a point in the first quarter where we were seven for 13 from three and they were two for seven and we were up by like almost 20. And I was like, this was the plan right here. A good, good three pointers, great defense. Like, this was because before the season started, the Knicks said, like, you know, we want to take good three-pointers and keep our defensive prowess or whatever. Didn't keep their defensive prowess, but when they can def- competently defend and the threes are hitting, it, it's it's a beautiful thing to watch. So do, do you think this is more of a is, – is this more of a modernizing Tibbs thing or is it more of a players kind of taking the lead here? Because, you know, I, I see guys who take who are, who are taking these threes and, and – one guy I love to see take threes as he gets more comfortable on court is, you know, my guy, Obi Toppin. O- Obi- yeah, Obi Toppin. Yeah, no, that, that guy's the real deal. Like, he's he's super active. He's getting in the passing lanes. He's bringing energy to the garden. Uh, I think a guy like Obi is, you know, he he's the guy that you kind of want to be playing his best basketball at all times. And his game is so dependent on on good guard play he, he's getting offensive boards and putbacks he's he's putting guys he's putting guys in the right position off these offensive boards he's cutting he's he's active in defensive lanes and you know I, I said it last year Obi Toppin is the one guy I thought really missed summer league like we saw IQ kind of start slow and then and then turn turn it up but I think Obi Toppin really really missed summer league last year man like Hey, it's the difference between day and night with this guy right now. And I think we have to talk about, uh, you know, that, that, that guy, Carmelo Anthony, and his return to the Garden tonight. Melo, I love that they, I love that they gave him a standing ovation. I love that. Of course, man. He deserves it. For sure. He put that, he put that franchise on his back for, what, six, seven years? Uh, I'd say shoulders more than back. We, we ain't too far. You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're just giving, we're just doing some mellow appreciation, real quick. I got a question. I got a question for for Knicks fans. How is mellow looked upon? You know, like, do we think he's going to age well in the history of the Knicks in like ten years? Because arguably, he did raise you know the bar. Obviously, some playoff appearances, but ultimately, he did de-cleanse the roster a bit and stop Lynn Sandy from further progressing. While we don't know that it would have further progressed, it did, he did put an end to it. He didn't single-handedly put an end to it, but he definitely played a part. I think he gets a lion's share of putting like an end to it. Like 60% of share. I agree. Okay, sure. I'll, I'll, buy, I'll go with that. Okay, so, do you want to go first? Or? Yeah, no, I can totally answer that. Um... In terms of the grand scheme of Mello as a Nick, I, you know, every team needs the culture changer. Every team needs the the guy, you know, like where, like, uh, I, I think we talked about this in the Slack chat the other day. Are the grit and grind Grizzlies successful? Oh, yeah. Are, are the grit and grind Grizzlies successful? And and how and how does that look in the grand scheme of things? I, I think the Carmelo Anthony years of the Knicks 
are kind of similar to the grit and grind era of the Grizzlies and how they're how they're able to kind of reset the culture and and you know there are some things that are missed in that time. Uh, I think there are some draft picks that are that are missed on. I, I think that Phil Jackson wanted a fun little passion project and kind of bit off more than he could chew. But but I think you know we we think back to those times. We think back to the to the Raymond Felton and and the Carmelo Anthony and the Amari Stoudemire and. Danilo Gallinari before he got traded and and all that and think like yeah that was a pretty great time for for the Knicks and and then you know on the other side of it all the I I think kind of like the culmination of being a Knicks fan and and kind of the culmination of the mellow era of the Knicks can be like personified in the in the picture of the dunk where he was going up on uh, Roy Hibbert and just got stuffed at the rim it's like ah you're so close but or the Jadakiss gif, you know, like when uh, from the verses, it was like, ah, oh, yeah, but, it, but it's not good enough. Like, you know, it's like not not an Eastern Conference finals, no MVPs, no no awards to go with it. You look at it and you have to ask the question, like, is, is it good? But at the same time, you look at it and, you're, and, and you look at it from a fan perspective, you look at it from a business perspective and you're like, ah, you know what? That's probably good enough. Or they, you know, you, you. You you did more than a lot of people that came before you, and you and you did more than the group that came after you. The Knicks were in great. Well said, Sid. well said. The Knicks were in such NBA poverty at that point that, like, the mellow years were just amazing to me because I had all all I had known like the last great years I had known was like Allen Houston, and that that those are like my first Knicks memories. I was born in nineteen ninety six. So, and Amare is, I, I want to credit Amare with that too. Like they saved my Knicks fandom, not to say I was going to jump ship, but like, my God, was it depressing? Imagine being in high school when the Knicks were terrible. It's done. Uh, yeah. It, it, the lunch table was rough, man. So th- those melodies <laughs> were big. And also my favorite Knicks memory is the Chicago game. The three to the dome, sending it into overtime. Oh my god! Oh my god! I watched. I remember that watching live, that man. game like it was yesterday. Like I'm not, I'm not a Knicks fan, I was but like losing I remember watching shit. that game Sunday afternoon, man, after church, chilling with my guys. I was in my I parents' basement on like game. this oh TV that like barely worked. Like the remote didn't work. You had to press the buttons on the side, like a box TV, not not like a you know flask. You're like, bro. Oh man, so not to get too deep, but I feel like I I, I, I don't even give like Lynn Sanity was awesome too, and I that w- like was some of the happiest moments as a Knicks fan in my life as well. But like, I really don't care that Mello <laughs> ended Lynn Sanity because what look at the rest of Jeremy Lynn's career, like what 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 was the writing was on the wall, like he was not going to go Michael Jordan <laughs> for the rest of his career, so. Linsanity was a trend that uh, it was. Hey, hey man, I had a uh, Super Nintendo shirt. I was into that shit. It was awesome. Yeah, no. Said, what was it? Seven game winning streak. Uh, Lost in the first round of play. I don't know. Beat if you Kobe. Know the the game winner against I think the Raptors, where he yep. dribbles between his legs and then hits yep. a three. Mm-hmm. I can, that is how. That's my yep. one of my go to shots when I play basketball. That's <laughs> a Jeremy Lin. Is is the dribble between the legs, pop the three. But yeah. No, it does. I appreciate that. Uh, I think it's, I I agree. I think, you know, the fact you guys both mentioned 
the Knicks were down horrendously prior to that to have any, like, faction of hope that Melo did in part restore. I'm glad you shouted out Sadamar because I thought he was a tremendous piece. And if it wasn't for the knees giving out, I, I think that team could have been more competitive. Uh, and, yeah, I think Linsadi, I fully agree. Yeah, Linsadi wasn't going to go off and become an all-star necessarily. I just think he had more productive time there, and he was in a good system. So it was tough to see that kind of tread upon uh, by Melo. But I, I think, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I mean, you said the Chicago game. That's one of the most memorable memories in the NBA in the past 15 years, easily. So I, I definitely agree Melo Knicks have memories. And Sid, I think the comparison to Grit and Grind Grizzlies is definitely an, uh, an apt one, is a good one. I think the only difference is Memphis is a tiny market with no real history by comparison to the Knicks. So oh, absolutely. I think that's the and, tough, and they made that's a Western tough. Conference Finals. Uh, I think they made, might have made two Western Conference Finals, honestly. Right. Yeah, no, they were – yeah. yeah you're, if Tony Allen doesn't get injured, I mean, you know. Hey, man, I'm, I'm always here for some NBA what-ifs. That's, uh, that, that's always fun. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, the what-if for me for the Knicks, and what I go back to, is Melo, if he waits to free agency, as opposed to forcing his way out of Denver – what does that New York Knicks team look like? Keep in mind, Melo was battling Kobe in the Western Conference Finals, like, toe-to-toe. Right, right. In 8-2009? One, one oh, of, I mean, yeah. what was that team? J.R. Smith? Um, oh, so 2009. Chris Thanks. Anderson, Chauncey Billups. Janae? Janae. Also, was on that Yeah. Yeah, no, there's, uh, there's some names on that roster. Yeah, that's cool. was there, too. I think he was a young guy, but I think he was, no, he was on the Wizards at the time. No, yeah, Javon McGee started off with the Wizards. That was like a couple years. That yeah. was a couple years after that. Yep. But, Maybe um, a year after that, but yeah. Yeah, Bryce, I, I see you got the uh, the Duke Abbey going going on in uh in your little thing. I think this is a perfect time to talk about uh the nine Kentucky Wildcats that were on the floor. <laughs> uh, for, yeah. yeah, yo, that was something that Bryce. I mentioned during my commentary. I was like, um. I did mention the fact that there was a lot of Wildcats out, on there, out there on the floor on both sides. Yeah, Quickly and um, Julius. Nine, nine in total. Nine in total. Nine in total. So, yeah, Quickly, Julius. Um, Nerlens. Nerlens. Knox. Rondo. Knox. Okay, yeah, I forgot about Knox. Well, why is it Knox playing? That's that's my question. Why is uh, Quentin playing? Grimes I is probably just as good. So what? Quentin Grimes is just as good, if if not better overall. Okay. Yeah, then, I mean, um, yeah, Ronald didn't play tonight, but he was on the um, he was out there, he was on the bench. Malik um, Monk too. Malik Monk too. Malik Monk, yeah, AD. You know, it's funny. I actually wrote a uh, a little thing about the non-existent history of uh, of the Knicks and Malik Monk, and and you know, he he took it personal that they took uh, Frank Nicolina over uh, over him. In that, in that draft, yeah. what, 2017, Honestly, I don't think anybody should take it personally that the Knicks picked Frank Neely Keena over, over them in that draft. Knicks are just – Oh, I yeah, no, no I one mean, can ever feel insulted. Frank, Frank is okay, but that's not the pick you make at eight when you got Dennis Smith Jr. Well, Dennis Smith Jr. didn't really pan out, but you got people more talented than Frank Neely Keena out there on the board, like – you know what's crazy? I, I think you you really have to look back on, on that Kentucky team and, and that run. Yeah, the, 
the point guard, De'Aaron Fox, the shooting yes. guard, Malik Monk, the center, yes. Bam Adebayo, Malik Monk's marquee moment, that 47-point game against US, uh, UNC in the game winner. Um, and then, you know, you, you go back and you look at the articles and you see that that John Calipari said it to himself, man. He said, I wish the Knicks took Malik Monk because they they knew, like, big-time player coming off a big-time year, ready to do big-time things. And the Knicks kind of just passed on it and said, uh, we'll take the unknown French guy, which, again, I, you know, Bill Jackson took on a passion project. And, and you know, to this day, we're, we're seeing the results of that passion project. And, you know, I'm just going to put it out there. The Knicks won the trade, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but Knicks are we... Trade, maybe. Are we seeing the Knicks, like, learn from that, like, they picked Obi. Obi was fantastic. Like they picked quick. Like they're at this point, I feel like they're like, okay, we overthought way too many of our picks. Like Porzingis, yeah. Nitlakina. Like right. you know, I, I think, I think that the Knicks are looking at the process differently now, because you got to remember who's in the front office now. You have yeah. Wide West up there. You got Leon Rose up there. Yeah. You know? he, you got some guys up there who who have not only done their due diligence as execs, you have them who've done their due diligence as, as agents and and scouts and and I think that with a program like Kentucky, you know, shout out to Gang UK. Um, oh no, uh, yeah, uh, hey bro, I gotta rep my school any chance I get. I'm I'm wearing my UK sweats right now. Um, I, I think that when you have a sustainable program in terms of success of players you can't overthink too much you know the i i think cal has 26 first round picks over yeah. 10 years that's yeah. that's not normal or sorry I think, I 32 think, first round picks over over 10 years over right, over right. yeah it, it's I it's think, not easy you know mm-hmm. you, you 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 can't you can't overlook that and you and nah. and i i think the next process looks so much different now. We we see a relationship budding between between the Knicks and Kentucky, and if that's going to keep up, you know, let let Calipari ride off into the wind, and then and then give him a job as like you know the the Knicks uh the Knicks like special counsel guy like Paul Heyman does for like Roman Reigns in WWE, like <laughs> like you know, hey wise man, who you draft like you know, so mm-hmm. so I feel like. Later last season, the Knicks really – I think they went on like a 19-game winning streak. I could have that number wrong. But they really picked it up as the playoff race came to a close. Like that got them the fourth seed. It wasn't playing that well all year long. It was like that that end-of-the-year run. So I think we may have another one of those coming personally. And we did also see Tibbs change his ways at towards the end with Rose starting over Peyton. So the Knicks – in you know, any Knicks fan should the Knicks require patience. Um, we've been patient for a long time for a good team. Now we have I, I I would say the league is agreeable that we are at least a decent team, which is tough because everyone wants to say that we stink because Knicks fans stink and, and I get it. I think we're right up there with like, you know, Chicago, Philadelphia, Atlanta. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think that I, I, I don't think you can count on lightning to strike twice with the Knicks because, you know, light lightning tends to it, it's quick energy. So you, you can't you can't count on to strike twice. You got to you got to go in, you got to get it and, and, and you got to and you got to roll with what you got. But I, I think that 
Well, we'll see with, with the Knicks. Uh, this this next little run they're going on, they play the Nets. They play, I, I think their next five games, they're playing four playoff teams. So, I, I you know, I, I think that the measuring stick has to start somewhere. And it can't just be, let's just wait for another miracle. Let's just wait for another thing to happen. I, I, I think that you are going to see either the process change or the process. Ooh, what a move by hot. Oh my gosh. That was a beautiful move. Um, I, I think the process you, you have to see how it's going to work out. And I'm not going to say trust the process, but I'm going to say that, uh, the process should be different than last year. Like, I, I think this is the year that, that the process needs to be different than last year. I think this is the year where, where you look at moves differently and you look at people differently and, and you look at things in the office differently because otherwise you get stuck in complacency. And I think that's the last thing anyone wants. I, I, the league loses money that way. People lose jobs that way. And I, and I was reading an article earlier about the honeymoon period for, for Leon Rose. And I, I think the honeymoon period is over. We're, we're not impressed by. But, and that, that, see, you're leading into a point I wanted to make. I, oh. I sniff a trade. I, I sense a trade brewing like a witch's cauldron within the Knicks front office. Um, and I say witch's cauldron because what? it's not a trade where they're like, let's make a trade. It's a trade where it's like, uh, <laughs> like we, we might have to like trade Walker and Fournier, which it's de- out of the two. It's definitely going to be Kemba because Fournier's contract is booty. So, but you know, what, what, what does Kemba's contract value look like in terms of getting a impact player back what's his deal one do year we even million. need an impact player back or could we slot rose or or iq in the starting lineup i think you want to get a impact player back. i know tibbs will yeah yeah i i think you want to get an impact player back and i i think that you know you want to get a guy who can you know who you want to get you want to get ish smith that's who you want to get uh, now <laughs> It's uh, from what I can tell and from what I've read, Tibbs has a heavy, heavy hand in their trades, a la Derrick Rose getting to the next. Right. And um, he was back for the Timberwolves for a little bit. So he's right. he knows the game. So it, it's not it, it's not LeBron pointing. It's going. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Bron, but it, uh, it, it's thanks. not that it's 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 change. It, it's 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 a holistic process. Like I said earlier, it's, it's a process. I think with the Knicks cleaning up their draft act, they've also cleaned up their trade act. And I, right. like I said, Tibbs is a heavy hand in it. And I think Ish Smith is one of those guys that Tibbs will love because gritty defense, boom, Tibbs loves you. Right. Um, he also loves his former players. And while it will never happen, I would love to see Jimmy Butler reunite with Todd Gibson. You know, I knew, I knew you were going to say that. I, Ooh, that just brought me up. I know, I know, I know, I know. But we're also not going to Jim- trade RJ, OB, or IQ. So, Bro, Jimmy Butler is going to be like 36 years old getting $50 million from the Miami Heat. I wouldn't touch Jimmy Butler with a 10 foot pole <laughs> with that guy. I got to uh, say, that's a bit of a gamble. Yeah. M- Mike said, I want to ask. I mean, so I-, I understand the sense that the Knicks want to make a move because I sense the same thing because I think New York is a little impatient with what they've seen so far overall this season. We've mentioned they're on a better pace than last season, but it certainly doesn't feel like that because the team feels like it doesn't have its actual identity, which 
I agree with. You were a defensive team last year. Now you're in the midst of transitioning to an offensive team this year, but it doesn't feel like it. But if you're trading or shopping Kemba, that I agree with Sid. I don't think that nets you an asset. I really don't think that nets you an impact player. So, I mean, if the Knicks make a move and they don't get someone back, then doesn't that just worry you at that point? Because it feels like they're making a move just to appease the fans. My, you can go first. I, I have thoughts about this because I'm a college I, basketball junkie. I may be biased, obviously. I, f- I really do believe the Knicks have cleaned up their trade act. Like, they are not taking bad trades. And they're, like, for instance, they tried to trade up to get Chris Duarte. That would have been a fantastic move. But they couldn't get it. Got some pretty crappy deals thrown their way. And they were like, yeah, no, I'm guessing. Then they drafted Miles McBride. They drafted Quentin Grimes. Like, all I can really say in defense is they're not doing dumb things like they used to. Right. I I, I agree there. Uh, so speaking of that last draft, I wanted James Booknight to fall so bad. I would have given up my left foot for, for James Booknight to be on the Knicks because that oh. is going to be special, man. Oh, my gosh. There was, that, that this was such a good draft. Hoover. There were so many good players. So much depth. The the fact that Jericho Sims was the end of the it's draft, insane. buddy, buddy, he he's the third best center on our team, right? And I I think there is value in second round picks if you can find them. And with the Knicks cleaning up their draft act, I do think that you can get a mid second rounder. And and you can look at some guys, you know, you know, the, this this draft coming up, it, it's top heavy. You have, you know, your Chet Holgrams, you have your Paolo Vancheros, you have you have your Oscar Sheevways, you have you have so many guys who are immediate impact players. But for every guy like that, you know, we're we're seeing we're seeing college basketball change and we're seeing it change for the better. We're 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 no longer we're no longer having the uh we're, we're, we're no longer having those guys who are who you take and you're just like, yeah, let's just take them, just throw them in training camp and see what happens. Now we have an actual developmental G League and now we have we have more things that allow these second round players to be better. And, you know, you have guys. Um, I'm just going to talk about some Kentucky guys since that's been a lot of what I've been watching. You have a guy like uh, like Kellen Grady, who's who is an absolute sniper thousand plus points uh, as a college career three-point shooter you have a guy like cj frederick you have a guy you have guys like that you have a guy like keon brooks who could change who could change the dynamic of what your bigs look like and you know there's just so much talent now and and they're not it's not only ncaa now you have your overtime leagues you have you have your um you have your G, your guys coming out of the G League like uh, like Jalen Green. You have you have the the international guys and and young players they're getting better. So as young players get better and you add more depth to the draft, I, I think a deal for maybe a non impact player or maybe like a non impact move for something like Kimball Walker. You spend eight million dollars on him for a year, kind of hoping his faulty knees wouldn't be faulty. We can get over it. I'll be fine. I love the homecoming angle. I love Kimball Walker. I was in the garden when he hit the shot over Pitt. Oh my god. I skipped school for that. That what? Yeah. I'll be fine. I, 
I'll, I'll, I'll look at YouTube I, I videos of Kimball Walker. I the tournament that year. They won me a lot of money. I'm disgusted with you, and I think you're a gambling degenerate. That's how I feel. <laughs> I'm about a Syracuse that. fan too, which makes it even worse. Oh gosh, we we could talk about Jim Beheim. No, don't do that. I don't, I don't want to. I don't. I want to. I don't want to ruin anyone's good graces. The Knicks won. Let's, let's go like, orange. Let me be happy. Yeah, no, we're we're good, man. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ruin your day. <clears throat> yeah, I, I I think that uh, at the end, uh, trading a guy like Kimball Walker, though, you know, I think I'll be fine. I, Love what you, you were saying about the second round. I hate to get off the Knicks, but oh no, you're fine. Um, yeah. Hey, I, man, I this is your it. show. I'm just going in. <laughs> no, I, I love ranting's my thing, man. I love it. <laughs> I just find the second round funny because, like, you had a guy like Sandro Mamushkavelli. I'm probably saying his last name wrong. On the Bucks, and I think he's going to be a rotation player in the NBA. But like, I feel like he's going to play better than like. Luca Garza, let's say. And that's not to say that Luca Garza can't be a rotation player, but like Luca Garza's ceiling is like Tyler Hansborough, whereas Sandro's ceiling is like some weird ass passing big like I don't know if you've watched a lot of Sandro, but uh, yeah, I he reminds me of uh oh gosh, I, he's on the Warriors and I call him Balenciaga because I, <laughs> I never pronounced it. Bielitsa. 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 Yeah, that, that's I'm, I'm glad I haven't had to say his name on the podcast because Tariq would have gotten on my ass, bro. Like, <laughs> it's crazy because I know how to say his name, but I am just, I'm disgustingly obtuse in the things that I find funny. And, and Balenciaga as a terrible brand and making terrible shoes. I, I'm gonna stick to it, <laughs> man. Don't get me started on high fashion, bro. Uh, you also picked a man yeah, right, who looks right, like he's from Arkansas and gave him the nickname Balenciaga, which is yeah. yeah no, when, whenever he scores and I'm watching the Warriors on like national TV, I'll tweet like Balenciaga buckets or something like that. Whenever a foreign guy has a has a weird B name, I opt for Balenciaga because that's definitely like the weirdest B word I know besides like. Babushka, if that's even a word, like that might be more of like an automatopoeia. You got, <laughs> I, I, you got Bielitsa, you got ba- Bajanovic. There's two Bogdanovic. There's two. I thought they were brothers. Bohan and Bogdan. I love, I yeah, love I the Bogdanovic battles. I thought, I thought they were related. Choose your fighter, Bohan or Bogdan. You know, you know what that makes me think of, like the the Eastern European picture from the bubble <laughs> when it was like Luca. Yes. All, Jokic, all those guys uh, hitting at, Nurk, yeah, hitting at all those guys. Yeah, no, the Twitter jokes about uh, about Mark Cuban wanting them all on the same team. Pretty funny. Yeah, that that is painfully true. Also, concerningly true, if you will. <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, I, I like that there. <laughs> what was up with KD's ashiness, man? Send your boy some lotion. Yo, yeah, nah, it's too many corner stores in New York for him not to be able to stop getting <laughs> some lotion, bro. It's too many dog on yet. It's too it's many CBSs right in now. New York. It is brick out right now. So I don't blame him because when it gets DC. to wintertime, it makes your skin all KD, you from out. DC. You know you know how cold it gets in, in the in the north. See, but people from the DMV are like built different. It's like how like they are. Chicago are different. Like, I've been there. I was there this summer. I, I, I ain't gonna lie. It was it was an eye-opening experience. I've been to Virginia Beach. That's yeah, I can say the same thing. I'm not sure if that's exactly the same. Th- oh Did my god! Did you guys Sid, see Sid's uh, new picture on on halftime? 
Hey, yo. Bob entering the, cr- the Krusty Krab. Bang. That's, that's a beautiful image. Uh, I got to say, though, KD, you see Draymond <laughs> called KD uh, those ankle scales. Not even ashy called yeah. scales. Like, if you probably would have, bro, if you probably would have scratched KD's, like, ankle, bro, it, it would have caused some type of friction or some type of fire or it would have peeled up. Some, it would have it, it just would have been bad. It just would have been bad, bro. Ain't no way. I don't. I, I don't remember ever being that ashy, bro. Like, it is no possible way for KD to be that ashy. That man is like a serpent. Like he he's like shedding skin or something. I think that was that was the joke I ran with. That Draymond's actually calling KD a snake still. But uh, bro, I mean KD doesn't use a brush. Like we've seen it. Yeah, no, it was uh they they took it. So I'm gonna post it in the, in the chat. Hold on, because they took like a three picture compilation or whatever. Oh, it was like, like Katie ain't sick. worried about the who. Yeah. The oh, yeah, I remember Bryce. that one. Yeah. Yeah, bro, I, I think I know what you're talking about, Bryce, too. And I mean, he this just, one, I said, Katie ain't like really this. worried about hooping. You know how, like, LeBron spends over, like, a million dollars on his body a year or whatever, and, like, Tom Brady does? Like, Katie probably just, like, smokes a ton of weed and eats, like, chopped cheese, you know? Yeah. Just, like, pulls yeah. up to a game after, like, smoking a blunt, like, just oh, yeah. completely chill. Hey, bro, that's that's an effective way to live. They caught him at a party smoking a blunt at a rich client's party. He, Katie's an investor in weed maps. And it's legal in New York now, I heard? Yeah, it's, yeah, it is. I'm in upstate, so I can't speak for the city. But where I am, it's like the dispensaries are essentially like being built. And the weed yeah, is no, being no, grown. Thanks, thanks, I remember yeah. last time, I, I want to say last time I was in New York was right when it first became legal. And then, I mean, even when I was in New York before, people would smoke weed like it was legal. But like, People was really smoking weed, like it was legal. Nah, now it's like weed where they used to like smoke cigarettes and shit. Like, it's, yeah, it's real. like it's real. It's people on, on on smoke breaks, smoking smoking weed instead of smoking cigarettes. Which is which, so weird to me. But I, I guess know. it's gonna become like the norm. You I don't know. Smoke. Um, yeah, it's definitely gonna become the norm. Made uh, an ending point for me. Um, Alec Burke's pull up threes are just immaculate. I love how I can tell when he gets a little bit of space and he looks at the rim. You're just like, oh, Alec Burks pull up three. And I told you, man. Hooper I like versus, Alec Burks' game. Hooper versus ball versus ball player. That's all it is. Alec Burks is a hooper. He's a hooper, man. Tariq, you missed our Kentucky talk. We were flexing all the Kentucky players tonight. Yeah, I love to see it. I love to see it. Man, shut up. <laughs> And that was funny because Mike really just said that's how it is. That's how you hate him, bro. Tariq is a hater, yo. What? You know you a hater. That's cap. You know you a hater. I'm going to put a hate compilation of you just hating on me and my teams. That could be made, Tariq. I'm not saying it's true. I am saying you sure be like, we could compile. Anytime I bring up the, the, the Nets, oh, man, wait till, ne- bro, wait till next week. So I can get my Cam Thomas propaganda off. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. See, then you go already. Freak, we were making fun of the Heat, too. Uh, wow. They said Jimmy Butler is going to be overpaid at 36. Oh, my gosh. Hey, man, it could be worse. It could be Julius. Oh, 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 <laughs> hey. But, uh, yo, Tariq, Sid, Sid's a, a Kentucky. He went to Kentucky. So, if you got any questions. He said Sid? Hi, that uh, being born. Oh, what's up, bro? You went to go with you. I could have. Uh, I had a like a letter. 
to like uh, apply or whatever when I was a senior in high school, but my dumbass had way too much pride and was like, if I'm not playing basketball, I'm not going. I remember that. <laughs> oh. Like he sent me a Snapchat like, bro, I got a letter from Kentucky. <laughs> He's like, they to apply. This ain't nothing for no basketball. I was like, man, what? Yeah, I was like, bro, I'm not doing this. Tariq, bro. how tall are you? He's a not tall enough okay. to play on the team. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know. No, they had Tyler Eulis. That is true. They did have Tyler. I could have been the next. Are you as tall as Tyler Eulis? Yes or no? Yes, he was five okay. eight, right? Tyler Eulis was also statistically the best point guard in like Kentucky's modern era. No, that's probably a fact. I, I mean, I would take Swiper. But after that, I, I, I would definitely say Tyler Eulis. Who? Uh, De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox. We were talking about the the playoffs. Or not oh, playoffs. yeah. The Malik um, Monk, De'Aaron Fox. Oh, man. Yeah, we lost to UNC. Dang, boy, oh, you oh, said that you can't man. get nothing going. Man, that, yeah. that year, I was about to get, like, uh, North Carolina, the – the Jordans, the North Carolina color Jordans. And I was like, all right, well, I can't just get the Jordans. And I was like, so I'll just get like a, a windbreaker. That's North Carolina. And we played them twice that year. And then after that shot, I was like, yo, fuck North Carolina. I'm not doing anything, North Carolina. Luke May. Bro, don't, don't ever mention that man. <laughs> bro, he's an accountant. Somewhere. I was about to say, bro, that man, that's the biggest side of his life, bro. That man never did anything else after that. <laughs> or actually, he might be a bench coach at USC, UNC. I wouldn't be surprised. He's a loser. Apparently <laughs> not, but you know. Micro Tyler Hansborough with a better shot. That that's literally what I was thinking in my head. That's all. That's what I've always. Nah, thought. but like chubbier and a better. Suit. A worse version of Tyler Hansborough, if you can, if you can think about. T- that. See, but Tyler Hansborough was annoying with like his intensity, like his bug eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. And he was always like, like, like people like, were beating like, him up, but then he'd like we were eat other people up in the paint. Like it's just. Not every, not what's everybody gonna say now that Gonzaga is currently blowing out UCLA? Are they gonna say because oh, hey, I seen a hey, lot of people saying, a lot of people were saying before Duke the got their work cut up on Friday. Team. UCLA was the best team is what I heard before this. So I'm just curious. oh Sid next question. What's up? Oh, okay. I, I just find it odd that RJ. It almost seems like. When last year, when there was a big, like, Anthony Davis, per se, on RJ, he would kind of, like, make his way off of them or n- not look to defend them, whereas it looks like he's, like, at least from what I can tell this year, he's a- he's actively trying to, like, take on either the biggest defender or the best player on the other team at all times. Like, go mode. Which we know he's that he's trying to improve his defense. Like, that's his thing this year. But... I didn't think it'd be to this level, I guess. If that Oh, yeah, no. Okay. I, I thought RJ was uh prime for uh, for all defense just because he's a, he's a big guard, dude. He's he's what? 6'8" and he's strong. Like RJ Barrett's a, a really really strong. strong dude. Yeah, no. Like, you know, you you looked at not to say Clay Thompson, but Clay Thompson-esque in a sense that he can defend your best mm. guy. He's he's gonna give you that corner three. You know, corner three RJ. Shout out to Nick Wall, man. Like, like that's that's a brand. Like that's that's what RJ does. So see, I I, I want him it. to go like more like the Jimmy Butler Kawhi route. So that's interesting that you want that like because I hadn't even thought of the clay thing. But that's really interesting because he does he's got the tools to be a clay. 
you know, he he could drop he can drop 30 in a night easily. Why well, eh, not easily, but you know what I mean. Damn. I you just shifted my whole opinion um from the from the Jimmy Butler Kawhi idea in my mind I had for RJ. Yeah, no, I, I think it just comes down to, you know, kind of how one, the Knicks develop as a team and how often are they going to have the ball in RJ Barrett's hands? And it doesn't seem like too often, which is, I, you know, I think that's fine. I, I think it really just comes down to, um, to how, to how, how, how one, the next coach goes, because like I said, I, I don't think Tibbs is going to be there for the duration of his contract. I, I think that Tibbs is, uh, he, he's primed for a front office position at some point And, Maybe Kenny Payne takes over, and may, maybe someone takes over. It's kind of like how Wes Unsell did at, down in Washington. You know, I, I think RJ he he can be like a Clay Thompson type, and and I think it's it's year three for RJ, right? Year three, yeah, yeah, year three for RJ. Um, year one was the bubble, yeah. No, mm, no. no. Year two was the bubble year, right. Year one was second team, second second rookie team. Uh, yeah. Year two was the bubble, and yeah, now now we're here. Year three, I think that we we see the confidence building, and I, I think RJ Barrett's one of those guys where you're never going to hear much about RJ Barrett other than how much basketball the kid plays. Like he he represented Canada this past summer in in the World Games and the Olympics. So like, and him and Andrew Wiggins, they wanted that. And and we see it on on the other side for Andrew Wiggins too. Like Canada is starting to come up. We shit. We're sitting here watching Chet Holgren give UCLA hell. And yeah, no, RJ killed it this summer with Canada. He yeah, was the leader like, of that team. Yeah, dude. So like, I, I think that one, the global market is starting to open up more. But you no, know, more importantly, we're seeing RJ Barrett. We're we're seeing we're seeing the we're seeing the defense we're we're seeing the offensive improvement we're seeing the confidence we're we're just seeing so many facets of his game that we all thought would be immediately present and it kind of just speaks to how we have to kind of pump the brakes with rookies almost and young guys like R.J. Barrett twenty one twenty two like the the kid just could just buy a drink like last year so like you know like you know give, give the boy a little time I. Uh, I think he can go the Clay Thompson route. I think he can go the Kawhi route. I think he can go the Jimmy route. I, the only thing I I see with the it not being the Jimmy Butler route is he 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 doesn't distribute enough, and not in a bad way, just in a way that doesn't call for it. I, I think that the Knicks are going to either have traditional point guards or scoring point guards, and and the production is going to come from the paint. We have we got a lot of we got a, we got a lot of guys with bounce in uh. In the um, I hate to interrupt you, but Derek actually quizzed me and Lucas, who is not here, about what he thought RJ should improve the most on. So I ask you, what do you think RJ, or I think the way Derek put it was, what skill should RJ improve upon to maximize his potential? Correct me if I'm wrong, Derek. No, that's 100% right. Pull up jumper. Pull up jumper. That's... That's that's the sign of an elite player. Was that Lucas's answer? It's, that might have been. Lucas's answer was, I don't know if you guys heard me. I, I think he just said shooting in general. Okay. Yeah. No. I, I think it's the pull up jumper. I, I think when we think of elite players, we we think of the pull up jumper. We we think of the ability to impact the playoffs 
in a way that is different than 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 you know your usual threes and layups the the kind of like the antithesis of the Mike D'Antoni seven seconds or less kind of kind of situation. And I think that the pull-up jumper is is one of those things that we're going to see from RJ as he gets more confident and comfortable with taking that jumper. Um, you know, it, it's it's going to be there, and and just that that mid-court game. I like I said, I I think that is the sign of an elite player. You think of your Steph Curry's, you think of your Devin Booker's, you think of your Kevin Durant's, uh, you think of your Chris Pauls, and 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 that mid-range jumper, albeit inefficient for normal people or normal NBA players, I think to be in the upper echelon, top 30, 35, 40, you got, you got to have that mid-range. And, you know, we're, we're seeing DeMar DeRozan, even in, in the regular season where the mid-range jump shot is, you know, almost, we, we don't want to talk about the mid-range jump shot in, in the regular season, but um, we're, we're seeing... We're seeing uh, DeMar DeRozan become a, a bit more efficient with, or not more efficient, kind of just uh, exhibiting that that mid-range jump shot and, and how he's mastered it. He has yeah. to- right, right. He's mid-range merchant, as as some as some people like to call him on Twitter. Um, yeah, we're we're seeing uh, we're we're seeing that happen, and and we're seeing it happen happen pretty fast uh, with with RJ and you know. As as he continues to develop, that that pull up jumper is one thing that he's gonna that that's gonna shine. I think that um, between that and the corner three, like like I said, corner three RJ, that that's gonna be the thing to kind of take him to the next level of of his development and the next level of his game. So I'm I'm excited. Derek predicts that playmaking will unlock RJ's maximum potential. And I got to say, I, I do agree with him. Um, I think one of RJ's biggest faults is his tunnel vision, like driving and quickly being open with his arms waving in the air. And RJ takes one of his little mid-range pull-ups and, hey, he makes them at a decent clip. It gets to a point where a kick out to quickly or Julius for, or Fournier or Kemba for a three is, is really the move that you should, the basketball move you should make. Um so I wonder, you know, and, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like, I, I don't understand RJ's aggressiveness because, well, he's, he's young too, though. Right. And like Julius is learning a lot that when people collapse on him, just make the pass. Like, don't, don't play hero. Just make the pass. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I think a lot of the aggressiveness kind of comes with the expectation of aggressiveness. Almost. You drafted the kid number three. Fair. Fair point. You, you, yeah, you, you don't you don't draft a guy number three to pass. When when we look at our point guards at this point in college basketball or at this point in you know the history of the NBA, we're not drafting a point guard because he can pass. Why do we draft John Morant? He's explosive. He can score. Why do we draft De'Aaron Fox? He's explosive. He can score. I think maybe the last guy you looked at for being a passer. Lonzo Ball, and even then now, I Lonzo Ball's passing isn't the. No, so let me let me phrase this correctly. It's part of the attraction, but it's less of the attraction than before. Now Lonzo's shooting at a at a at a sub forty clip. That's that's crazy for a guy who didn't even have a viable looking jump shot in twenty seventeen when he got drafted. So, like, you know, uh, as much as playmaking is important, 
I, I think with the NBA and how we have it now, I, I think that we, we can, I, I think playmaking, not, not that it can be on the back burner, but I think playmaking becomes a little more natural if you learn how to score, if your scoring spaces are a bit more prominent, you know? Uh, Instead, I think I, I'm going to com- combat that. I agree with uh, some of those points that you've made. I think, though, the guys you listed before with the mid-range, right? You said DeRozan, KD, CP, uh, Donovan Mitchell may have been mentioned. I'm not sure. But all of those guys you mentioned have improved as playmakers as well. And we said this about KD's last playoff run. It was on top of playing 48 minutes, dropping 50 that we know we can do. He was also running the offense. And that was the highlight, really, is like, oh, KD can really run an effective offense. That's nice. CP, he's the point god. We know he can run an offense. Uh, Devin Booker, that was another name you mentioned. It was the year before where he had to be the playmaker because Phoenix had no... Yep, and he led the team in assists. Absolutely. You're right. No, you're absolutely correct. So absolutely right. So my thought, and I agree with you on the expectation that RJ has to be aggressive. You know, in a way, he was even with Cam Reddish, it was kind of which is kind of strange. He was kind of like the third fiddle in college, briefly. And I think there is an expectation that a third overall pick will be offensively viable in some capacity. And RJ has that. I mean, we've seen the potential for sure. I think and Mike and I discussed this, that we don't know that he'll get the opportunity necessarily in New York currently, but playmaking will open up his game immensely from him on a personal level. RJ is much more confident when he's playmaking on the team wide level. I think having a second passer an innate second playmaker only helps this team because Kemba score first, D-Rose score first, Fournier score first, score first, uh, say that times, five times fast. All these guys need an additional playmaker because Randall holds too much responsibility currently, and that caps the Knicks' ceiling. So I think RJ benefits, the Knicks benefit for him becoming a playmaker. And to that point, you know, we're looking for score first guys. Jokic, Curry is still a very good playmaker, but he also has the world's craziest gravity to help him with that as well. But playmaking is the name of the game. Championship teams need two or three playmakers, facilitating or just natural playmaking, to be contenders. And I think that the Knicks to take that next step, Barrett has to become that as well. No, you're 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 right. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I I think in my ideal world, the Knicks go out and get a playmaker in that regard to allow I RJ to kind of be that Clay Thompson type. That that kind of all utility scoring knife type, and you know, um, I, I think that's hard to find. And and you're absolutely right. I, I think that at the end of the day, that playmaking probably will be the best skill for RJ to develop. One for someone who already has a fairly potent offensive game, and the you know the the confidence. I, I've always tied RJ's confidence to how much he scores. You know. Um, his, um, a lot, a lot of, a lot of what people said about RJ in college was that he never saw a shot that he didn't like. And I I think the boldness is kind of something that fits New York, but it's not always about the fit. It's, it's about what's, uh, it's about the necessity. You're so you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. 
Yeah, facts. I mean, you can um, follow me as always, you know, yeah. at Perry Much So. Follow Bryce and Derek. I'm not sure if your ass is at. No disrespect. Uh, uh, Sid at underscore Bryce Warner. Sid's at SYD Slide Park, if I'm correct. Yeah, Sid Slide Park. Yep. Like uh, Mac Miller, not blue, but Sid. Yep. And my at's uh, at Derek Garstein. Keep it nice and simple. Nice, nice. Next time, you guys want to do this on Twitter? I'll be down for Twitter spaces. What'd you say, Brian? Yeah, no, Absolutely. Yeah, That's no. where I was coming from before. I'm actually so. thinking about branching out to that. Yeah, no. Let, let's do let's do Twitter spaces next time. And our, do we have a way to save this audio or no? I'm going to hit up Justin from halftime, and he'll probably email it to me in the morning. And I'm going to edit it. Awesome. Cool. Awesome, awesome, awesome. That works. Any final thoughts? Nah. Um. Do, do you have, like, a sign-off? You know, go listen to the hoodie and the headband is now available on Apple Podcasts. Yes, it's available <laughs> on Apple Podcasts on Spotify on Anchor. Listen to us and listen to Bryce on Colorcast too. Um, I think Derek yeah. has a pod coming shortly. Yes, I still need to work on that name, but it will be coming. I finally got the room done, uh, so nice. I'm, I'm I'm hyped that I actually have a, a mini studio now to work with. Okay, okay, yeah, Mike. Can can, can I make a sign off? Because I, I think I might have. Bro, I would love it. All right, yeah, so um, all right, this is uh the you win some, you lose some podcast. This is one that we won, so you know, bing bong, baby. Next tape, we signing off. I love it, man. I love it.